prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Legend of Retro. I am the Glitch. I mean Glitch. The Glitch? Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, with me today is Lando. I mean Zando. I mean Xander. What? Is everything okay? Yeah. Let me let me start over. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of The Legend of Retro. I am the Glitch, and with me today is Xander. Hey, that sounds right. Yeah. That that uh, nifty rewind button really worked out, didn't it? I didn't even notice anything. Just like all of a sudden we were just starting an episode. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, today so we're talking. About, what are we doing? We're talking about braid. Braid. Yeah. Like my daughter's hair, because I'm not very good at that. No, yet. I'm talking about. I'm trying. Braid the video game. Uh. Okay. Tell me about it. Well, I, I, I honestly, I think we should have done this a while ago. It's about time. Yes. When you say, yeah, it's uh, we we hit the uh, the ten the ten year mark on this uh, a couple years ago back in two thousand eight. You could say this game and, this uh, game stands the test of time. I would say so. Um, so Braid was uh, released on the Xbox three hundred and sixty originally in August sixth of two thousand eight. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was part of their uh, Summer of Live promotion. They used to do that every once in a while, and they would like pick four games mm-hmm. and. If you bought them all, you got bonus like Xbox currency. Um, and this was one that I was like, I don't know what this is, but it's part of this program. So I'll download it. And I loved it. Yeah, I remember I was one day looking for a gift to get for my friend Beefhammer, Dan, uh, who I've talked mm-hmm. about a few times. And so I was like, oh, let me look and see what Xbox says, like their best games are. And it said Braid, and I was like, "What is this? I didn't even heard of this game." And then, sure enough, I look up, and it's like it has no physical release, but it has, you know, you can get off Xbox Arcade, is what they called it, right at the time. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so I just sent him like some Microsoft bucks. I was like, "You got to spend this on Braid." And then the he told me he liked it. I so I bought it, and I fell in love with it. So uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar, Braid is a puzzle platforming video game. Uh, The story elements uh, are basically Tim is working to rescue the princess from a monster. And along the way, you have all sorts of uh, time manipulating puzzles. And just it's it's a really abstract puzzle game. And it's a lot of fun. It's uh, it's fairly short. I think the. I think there's an in-game speed run time of 45 minutes, so if you know what you're doing, you can knock it out in less than an hour. But if you don't know what you're doing, it can probably take you closer to, I don't know, four or five hours. Definitely took me a long time the first time I played it. Because mm-hmm. there's so much to it that you don't necessarily realize, and then there's also a ton to it that, like, if you want to actually get the 100% of this game, you're going to be playing for a very, very, very long time. And I use the word playing very loosely because <laughs> there's one collectible to get that you just sit there and do nothing for, what is it, like three it's hours, like, yeah, if hours. not longer? Yeah. Yeah. And we- so there's a lot to this game that I've never fully explored. I don't fully understand the storyline of this game, but boy, do I have fun and that, playing it. And that's a lot of that is intentional. So like this is basically like a video game if Christopher Nolan made and yeah and if his... christopher nolan had like 
done a lot of drugs and somehow uh, inceptioned his way into an M. Night Shyamalan movie and then like came back out and then decided to make it even harder than all of that. Um, but the, instead of Christopher Nolan, it's a man named Jonathan Blow. Mm-hmm. Who basically... You, do you understand? I, I can't even begin to explain the story of this game. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Um, so we'll do a little bit of non-spoiler stuff right now. So, uh, I mean, the game starts off. Uh, you walk across this bridge and you're met with this door. So you open up the door and you start in World 2, which is very you know ambiguous. And then uh, you're basically working your way to collect these puzzles, which don't really reveal much. The The text in the in the game doesn't reveal too much. It's just kind of like explaining that he made a mistake, but he wants to save her from this monster, the princess. And so at the end of every level, at the end of every world, there's usually this like dinosaur guy that greets you. And I think the first time he's like, I'm sorry, Tim, but the princess is in another castle. But um bumps. And then like another time you just like run past him. He's like, wait, 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 where are you going? So it's it kind of doesn't like tell you much other than the fact that you're trying to save this princess. Right. Yeah. So on the surface, it's a it's a weird, like nonsensical story that like sort of like if you if you have the the um the ability to kind of retain those little book pages that you read as you go through, there's like something there and you can kind of follow along. But for me, I've always just like read the first time I played it, I read those and I was like, huh? Okay. What's this level like? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's just get because every level has a, has a different um, element to it. So the first one, you realize that you can rewind time and that's, that seems crazy enough. So you're doing all these puzzles and backtracking and, you die and the game just kind of freezes. You're like, hang on, what's what's happening here? Why why am I not respawning? And you're like, oh, because I can rewind time and that's the gimmick. Yeah, essentially. And then you there's can't, other ones where like essentially you can't die in this game. Not once do you die. Because right. death is just like, okay, now rewind. Yeah. Um, and then there's another level where uh as long as you are moving forward, time moves forward. But if you move backwards, time moves backwards. There's other things where you can set down a ring and time will go slower through that ring. Yeah, so I mean, I got um, the full list. Yeah, so like in the second, yeah. so in the second world, which is, I guess, the first world, um, it's just a standard platformer. So it's just like Mario Brothers. You step on these Goomba-like creatures to kill them. There's rabbits and uh, other stuff. You just got to avoid being hit. One hit kills you, and that's about it. Um, mm-hmm. In the second, it introduces green items. So green items aren't affected by time. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah, so you could like pick up a key that's green. And you can just basically use it on every door if you just keep rewinding when you use it on the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fourth level is like you said, it's uh, time is affected by the X axis. So if you move to the right, time goes forward. If you move to the left, time goes in reverse. So you kind of have to plan out where you do your uh, puzzle solving depending on where you are on the stage. Because if you go all the way to the right and solve a puzzle and then you go all the way back to the left, guess what? That puzzle was just reversed and it's no longer completed. Unless it was a green item. Unless it was a green item, which is in fact by them. Yep. Uh, in the fifth the world, they uh, they introduced the shadow. So oh, you can rewind right. time, but then as soon as you let go, your shadow does the movement that you previously did before you rewound time, yeah. which helps you like get multiple doors open and reach areas you couldn't. It's kind of a fun way of playing co-op by yourself. Yeah. 
And then the sixth is the ring, like you said, it slows down time based, based on how close you are to it. And then there's also the green platforms, which if you're standing in it, you can rewind time and the whole world reverses, but you don't move. Right. Yeah. So every every world has puzzle pieces scattered scattered throughout, and you it is your job to collect those puzzle pieces and then put them together uh, to complete that world. Or just, I mean, so long as you go through it, I think you're good. Like you can just run through and not collect any pieces, right? No, so you do have to. But then you don't get the actual ending. You don't get the final level. So yeah, you have, right. once you complete, you notice uh, it's kind of like a small little hotel. Like it's almost like you're right. looking on the side of a hotel, and you can see inside of it in the the five rooms of the five levels you can play, and there's the puzzle pieces. Well, every time you complete and put together a puzzle, there's this like ladders. There's these ladders up at the top that start to create mm-hmm. a single ladder to another door. Right. So in order. And then you get to the final level where it's kind of a mixture of all the, the previous stages, except for backwards time uh, or rather moving backwards to move back time. And the ring is not there, but everything and the, your shadow is not there. So you have your basic uh, rewind time ability. Yeah. So you just have the rewind time. And actually, I'm pretty sure everything. Like everything is just kind of backwards in that in that world. Yeah. Um, and then I, yeah. I guess we can. I mean, we can get into the fact that this is a huge spoiler because I think the story in this game is fantastic for the ending. I think the ending. Right. Well, let's 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 talk about the ending a little bit later. Okay. Let's kind we of talk more about the individual levels and stuff that we really like about it, so that sure. we can kind of sell the game to people who may not have you know because Braid it's a very unsuspecting title. First off, if you like, we said you saw the word Braid, you see this like hourglass kind of cover you're like i don't know what this really is but okay and then you hear that oh a lot of people really like this game maybe i should check it out and if you're still on the fence maybe we can sell you so if you do find out you know this is something you want to try we don't want to necessarily spoil what happens um so what are some of the things that you like the most about this game what what endeared it to you after beef hammer said hey man thanks for this game you should download it um so i'm a big puzzle person and uh i mean in fact a lot of the games that my wife ends up watching me play are usually puzzle games because she likes to kind of solve them with me and we do that together but uh i also like the fact that like the ending just kind of took me off guard like it's so hard to say because it's just (laughs) it's just a regular puzzle game i mean there isn't yeah there isn't too much crazy to it it's got an awesome rewind factor which is really really fun but just the whole story in general is is one of the reasons I absolutely love this game. Gotcha. I am more all about the puzzles. I love these kind of games where it seems like it's on the surface. It's a simple platformer. And then you realize that some of these puzzles are like really tricky. And the satisfaction you get from figuring it out. We talked a little while ago about Super Metroid and the, and the feeling you had, like not knowing any story and then figuring that stuff out. This was a, like another level of that without having to backtrack and and do all that stuff so there's um for example the very first world world two the puzzle that you put together is someone reaching up to grab a bottle of wine off of a shelf and you can move these puzzle pieces around and to to not have them necessarily in the middle of the frame and you find out that that shelf is actually a platform for you to step on that gets you to another puzzle piece so small little things you know it's all these little inconspicuous things that are like oh that totally makes sense and it's cool that they're kind of it's almost like breaking the fourth wall Mm -hmm. in the sense of like oh this is how you get to this is by breaking that um and just they give you like very subtle hints 
about how you might have to traverse this next area. And overall, it's just a really charming game. The music is really well done. The the artwork is is a, is it's like a painting come to life. Yeah, it's a really cool hand drawn art style, and it's just a charming game that is actually fun and challenging. And then once you figure everything out, you're like, oh well, then I need to also do a speed run of this and see how well I retain all of this knowledge. Um, I sadly have never completed the the uh, speed run achievement. It's the only achievement in the game I don't have, just because I get I get pretty far. I think I get to world five and then i just blank i'm like i don't remember how to do this and that's what kills me the so yeah all the achievements are super easy except for this particular one all the achievements are basically like finish world two finish world three finish world four and that's literally it mm-hmm. and then there's this one achievement 45 minutes you got to beat the game uh i did it on my first try nice. but the only wow. reason i did it was because i had a, a a playthrough on youtube right next to me so i'd pause the, the level i was in watch it study it remember it and then go through it and there was one world i think in world five one level in world five where i got like stuck and i was like oh my god i'm not gonna make it i'm not gonna make it and i ended up getting like a i ended up getting it and getting a 42 minute i think is what mm-hmm. i finished with but that was uh that was a pain in the butt for sure yeah it's a it's a i mean 45 minutes is fairly generous i believe like i've i've seen speed runs done in like 35 or something that I could be completely wrong. I remember watching a, a GDQ run of it mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, 45 minutes. That's he's doing this significantly less time, but this guy like studied the game and like knew all these things and was going for extra incentives. And it was a marathon run. So those are, you can never <laughs> expect those to be like world record runs or anything, but yeah. Um, 45 minutes. I feel like is, is a fairly generous amount of time for it. I will say one of the levels I enjoyed the most and it, I think it comes up twice is when you have to step on all of the Goomba creatures in order to unlock mm-hmm. the door to get the puzzle yeah. piece. And I liked it because the first one, you're just trying to figure out platforming. The second time you do it is during that going to the right fast forward time, going to the left reverses it. So you have to essentially mm-hmm. figure out, okay, this one, this enemy is the furthest on the left. This is the first one I have to get. And so right. on all the way to the right. And then that one also has a, I mean, so the game has a neat mechanic of bouncing off the enemies. The more you can jump off of consecutive enemies, the higher you can jump. Um, and in that particular level, if you, if you're moving to the right, you jump on an enemy and you bounce off it to the right, you can kind of move back to the left, bring it back to life and then bounce, kind of do like a circle bounce on it to keep yourself jumping higher. And then you, you get to the top of the stage. Yeah. So there's the, all those like tiny little mechanics. It's uh it's very similar. We we've recently uh, in the Gamezilla community have kind of fallen back into Mario Maker Two, right? Glitch just got it, and he made this level Spinny Bird. And I looked at, it, I was like, "This is dumb. I don't get it. I'm never <laughs> gonna figure this out." And then finally, you're like, "Just just do the spin jump, and then have it bounce off. Like it's if you line it up right here, you'll be okay." Um, and it took me a while. I was like, "Okay, I get it." And then I started challenging myself, like, "Can I get it on the first one?" And so once I kind of get a mechanic, I'm like, okay, let me see how I can improve on it over and over again. And that's what this game is full quick. of. Yeah. 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 You pick that, you really that up really quick because you, you tweet, he, uh, Xander tweeted him playing it and it was like instant. Like it, you, I don't think you could do that faster. I don't even think it's possible <laughs> how fast you did it. Yeah. I was, so I was impressive. really impressed with myself and I actually ended up dying on that run for the following, uh, flying section uh, but it's <laughs> that, a tricky level. i was able to almost not perfect because it still takes me a while to get that but it was i was getting it more often than i wasn't 
So anyway, all that to say there are cool things like that in this game where it's just tiny little mechanics and they're and just watching the speed runs of this you see how much farther people have taken those mechanics i did it enough to scrape by and do a decent enough time and then there's people who are just like doing all sorts of crazy stuff that i'm like okay i can respect this i'm never going to try doing this which is how i feel i approach speed running as a whole mm-hmm. <laughs> um since we're saving uh the spoiler part i'll go over a little bit of how the reception was so this game really sold extremely well it's something that Jonathan Blow essentially funded himself. Like he was basically in debt when this game came out. And he ended up uh, having a revenue of $6 million, which he basically pumped right into his other game, which was The Witness, which I haven't played. Have you played that? I haven't played it either. No. Okay. Wait, The Witness. The Witness. I think, I, is it a first person puzzle game? Yeah. It's kind of like a mist I think, type. I think I did play a little bit of it and I really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, and I'm trying to remember why I think it, I think it was on Xbox Game Pass and I was like, I'll give this a shot and I enjoyed it. But it was at a time where I was playing my PS4 more or switch or something. Mm-hmm. And so I never went back to it. But it's I remember thinking like, man, these are really cool puzzles. And I, I really dug the little bit that I played. I it. know I have it. It's downloaded on my Xbox. I don't know if it was a, a gold one or if it's just still on Game Pass. Uh, yeah. But I definitely want to play it. And especially knowing now that Jonathan blows the one who essentially wrote the script and did the story that gives me more more incentive to do it Mm -hmm. um but it was well appreciated so at the time i got it from my friend dan and myself it was rated one of the best games on the xbox 360 like period Mm -hmm. not just arcade like it was one of the best uh games radar did a top 50 360 games it listed at number 24 metacritic has its 17th on its greatest list and I didn't even know this. I must have missed this because it was a state of play announce- announcement. In August of last year, they announced an anniversary edition is coming out first quarter of 2021. Which mm. there is no update. I went to the website. It still just has the first <laughs> announcement, but from August. So who knows if it's still coming out first quarter of 2021 because we're about mm-hmm. to wrap that up here. Well, actually, by the time this episode comes out, uh, we'll be in second quarter. Yeah. So, so let's let's hope something I see. Uh, so like we mentioned, it was originally released on the Xbox 360 and has since been on PlayStation. Um, so it is it has been ported to a, a bunch of different systems. But like it, like we said, it was part of Xbox Live's arcade summer of live or something, whatever they they did. I don't remember what other games came out this year. It may have been like Super Meat Boy. No, not Super Meat Boy. Uh, Explosion Man is what I'm Explosion thinking Man, of yeah. and a couple others. Um and I think that promotion may have helped sell it to a lot of people. And then uh, I think that that's, that probably has something to do with, with its success was it was part of that um, promotion that, like I said, rewarded you for, for downloading certain. I think, I don't remember if you got like five bucks back or eight bucks back. So it worked out that if you bought all of them, you eventually got one for free. But uh, I know when Xbox live arcade came out and did those types of promotions, they were pretty successful. So um, not to not to take anything away from how fun this game is, but I think that may have definitely played a part in it. Well, whenever I think of Xbox Live Arcade, I always think of two games. It's always this and Limbo because those were like the two. Mm. I remember I picked up uh, when I was like, yeah, I never really pick up games off the arcade. Um, you know, so I purchased them and they're probably two of the best games I've played. For that yeah, system. Limbo is another one that's that's similar to Braid. 
uh, but a lot less. Um, I mean, there's there's no time relapse or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's like a, it's like a puzzle. Like it's like a puzzle game, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit more. It's another like kind music. of dark uh, side-scrolling puzzle game, and that's those are a lot of fun. Well, I think uh, we probably have sold some folks on this. Why don't we? Uh, for those of you who don't want to play the game, you just want to hear what's going on. Why don't you tell them about the uh, the ending and what's what you love so much about that? So, when you start the game, like I said, you go to World Two. You do all the puzzles. You complete all the worlds. You climb the ladder, and guess what? You're in World One. Mm-hmm. Not really that big of a surprise. That's not the twist. You play through the levels and the enemies are kind of walking backwards. You get to the final stage and it's you and uh, underneath kind of like a platform. Like if you've ever, if you've played Pitfall, it's kind of like that. There's above ground and a below ground and you're in the below ground. Mm-hmm. And you see this enemy, this knight carrying the princess and he's climbing down and she gets away from him and jumps away from him and says, help me, help me. So you're running along the bottom as she's running along the top and she's helping you, you know, oh, I'll I'll move this lever so you can get through here. I'll I'll move this platform so you can get up and make this jump. And so you make Mm -hmm. it all the way and you get to the end and she gets to her bedroom and you climb up the side railing to meet her in her bedroom, you know, in her room. And there's like a flash of light. And then everything starts going in reverse. And then you realize you were going in reverse before now it's playing forward and mm-hmm. she's running from you and trying to set traps so you can't follow her and her help me help me was to the knight who she jumps into his arms and climbs away yeah mind blown <laughs> like i had like chills i remember when I, as it was happening in my i was like realizing what was going on the chandelier falling like it was all backwards Mm -hmm. and then so you find out the monster that she was you were trying to save her from was yourself Mm -hmm. and uh so there's a lot of interpretations of it the dialogue like xander said a lot of the times it made no sense it was just words on a screen like it was just nonsensical um and jonathan blow actually like refuses to explain the ending on purpose just to leave it to everyone's interpretation he goes you know it is what you want to believe he goes i could explain it in a way that how i designed it but it wouldn't make any sense to you like he basically was like the way you see it is the way it is which Mm -hmm. i think is kind of cool the way i see it and i don't know if you have your own interpretation is tim is creating this world past world one to give himself a false ending to what he desires. So he plays it as from two to one instead of one, two, three, four, five. So he starts at two as if he's creating a new life and it ends at one in a way that he's meeting her at the end. Hmm. So that's how I always envisioned the story of, of how it's designed. My uh, interpretation is a little bit different. None of it matters. It's a fun puzzle platform. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's also true. That uh, is also true. I, I've uh, I've looked at some theories of what people have have suspected. They they're saying it's like the creation of the atomic bomb, and that, that flash at the end is is the bomb going off. And 
all this crazy stuff and as soon as i start reading stuff like that i'm like nah i'm out i enjoy this game but i'm not gonna pay attention to the story well so i have a question so the atomic bomb thing is actually it's a little bit different did you collect all the stars uh i think i may have or i started to in the one that takes two to three hours i was like nah never mind. so there is an alternate ending to this game um there are eight stars in the game and seven of them are the ones you can reach before the final level the very first one like xander said you literally at the end of like it's like world two two there's this cloud that's glowing and to the naked eye it's just a cloud yeah but it doesn't even look like it's moving right but if you sit there and watch it for a while you're like oh this is moving extremely slowly if you stand there for like 10 minutes you'll see oh it moved like an inch like it's literally nothing it's got to travel all the way across to the end of the screen and it takes two hours. So you have to wait like halfway, like an hour, jump onto the cloud because there's only one spot you can jump. Well, there's there are two spots, but one of them is like halfway through. And then if you ride the cloud all the way to the end, there's a star standing there. And a couple of the other ones, some of them are missable. So you literally have to restart your game. But anyways, if you get yes. all the stars, uh, you're met into the final level where you're chasing the princess, essentially. And because... Uh, you have the seven stars, a couple of the switches are green. So you can actually get further to the right than the princess normally can. And by doing so, when the chandelier rises up, you can actually jump onto the chandelier and you meet the princess while she's climbing the la- uh, you know, the trellis or whatever. And she mm-hmm. explodes like an atomic bomb. Hmm. And then you can actually walk across the top. Hmm. I should probably watch a YouTube video. It's actually pretty cool because because Lord knows I'm not going to. No, you don't need to sit there for two hours. <laughs> watch a video. But it, it is actually really cool that there is like an alternate ending to it. And I think mm-hmm. that was part of the atomic bomb like idea was, oh, well, she explodes right. like an atomic bomb and he created her and and such and such. Yeah, it's it's real wacky. Um, and even the stars that that glitch mentioned um, are way off the beaten path. You have to like jump off of screen sometime that you would like if you're passing through you would never know it was there yeah how people found these things is just truly a testament to how much people love these games and just explore every inch and see everything there is to do um because i i if i hadn't read anything about the stars i never would have known they were in the game yeah like i remember i did find one of them on my first playthrough because it's kind of like an area where there's a bunch of they're like uh like the plants in in Mario Bros. They're just kind of like snapping mm-hmm. plants. Uh, I remember jumping up to the area, and then once you jump, it kind of like shows you, oh, there's more screen above here. But the cloud thing, I never would have gotten a million years. Yeah, yeah. I looked up how to how to do it, and I was like, oh, that's that's crazy. And I think I set my game down once. Maybe I got it. It was like very early when. So 2008 would have been like the first year that my wife and I had were dating, and I could still get away with like just playing games like this um and just like leaving it on the screen like hey i'm just doing something like what <laughs> and now she's like turn this off i want to watch the office yeah. or whatever um so i may have gotten that one once just to and i don't think i ever collected the rest of them yeah so the final star is in her bedroom that's where you get the fifth star and actually ah. uh so when you start the game when you walk across the bridge there's a like a constellation that's not filled in and so mm-hmm. when you get you know when you get the eighth star it brings you to the bridge and you can see all of them light up and that's it there's nothing else yeah. they just light up that's it maybe i did get it maybe i did get them on i'm just not remembering because i did it one time and it was probably <laughs> 12 years ago 
Yeah, it was probably some really <laughs> ridiculous long time ago. It might have been in like 2009 that that year when I was like unemployed because the just everything crashed and everything sucked for everybody. At, at least it did for me. <laughs> I got a house then, so I was I was okay with the market crash. Yeah. That's uh well that's good luck. I uh I <laughs> Circuit City closed down and I was unemployed for over a year Oof. and then I <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but I collected that sweet, sweet unemployment. You did mention the speed running. Uh, yes, so it tell is, us about it. It is held, there's an any percent, it's held by German, and he did it in 22 minutes and 56 seconds, mm-hmm. which obliterates the 45-minute goal that they originally set for the game. Like I said, pretty generous if you know what you're doing. Uh, and actually, that that is, so they do use the in-game timer. So they consider right. like doing the puzzle pieces, things that aren't affecting the in-game timer, they usually take their time with it, but they do still record their uh, the real time of the game, but they don't post it on there. Um, mm-hmm. And then he also has the 100%, which is collecting the stars. And yeah, it's literally, he just sits there for like two hours and just is like, <laughs> all right, I think we're ready. Does he like go and like just do other things or does he literally just sit there and watch it happen for three hours? I didn't watch the whole two hours. I just kind of sped forward. Just oh to man, see. I would be curious to see people do 100% speed runs and what they do in that time. Well, I can tell you this. So I had a world record. Uh, Chops dared me to get the world record for Nintendo World Cup. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of the game is just you sitting and waiting for the clock to wind down. Essentially, you score a goal. You beat up one of the the players on the other team. They just they they're passed out. So no one goes after you. Mm -hmm. And then you have to do it like eight more times or whatever. Uh, the guy who had the world record before I got it was literally just like watching uh, TV. Like you'd hear the TV in the background. He just kind of like bent over, like watching TV and they'd be like, all right, yeah, no, I got to go back and do the stuff. And that's essentially, <laughs> that's essentially how mine was. Like, I remember I, uh, the first time I attempted it, I was playing dragon quest one on my uh, switch. So I literally, like, <laughs> I do the level and then I go back to dragon quest and then I'd be like, all right, I got to do it again. <laughs> Did that guy take his record back from you? He did. Uh, he actually messaged me um, after I got the record and was like, hey, did you did you figure out any strats? And I was like, no, I pretty much just watched your run and, and uh, you know, just kind of got got lucky with RNG. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, you know, it's definitely you can it's definitely possible to get better time. And then he sent me a message like I got an email like two weeks later. He had beaten my time. He actually beat it twice. And oh, he wow. sent me a message. It was like, hey, this is how I did it. He seemed like really excited. And I remember before i beat his record in his video he goes yeah i could probably get a a one hour 51 but i'm not gonna try so i remember he said that and then after he beat my record i sent him a message that was like hey i'm glad that i was able to push you and like it kind of made you get that goal you wanted because i i Mm -hmm. I don't think he would have went for it if no one would have beat him right so but he seemed like a really great guy dj bunyan was his name he was a real nice guy nice shout out dj bunyan yeah Thanks for being a good dude. But big shout out to German who has the record in this game in both categories. Yeah, that's impressive. Well, do you want to uh, talk about the music of this game? I think one we of should. my favorite parts. Yeah, it's great. All right, cool. Let's let's take a quick break. Listen to a words from one of our partners, and then we will jump into the music. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Whoa, boom shakalaka 
So Braid features licensed music uh, from Magnatune artist Cheryl Ann Fulton, Shira Kamen, and Jamie Saber. I hope I pronounced those right. It's weird that I can like pronounce Japanese names no problem, but these other names, who knows? These, <laughs> these names that should sound correct. Like maybe it's Jamie Sieber, maybe it's Shira Kamen, or who knows? Anyway, uh, <laughs> we picked out a couple of songs, and we've played uh, we played one of them back in our relaxing tunes rhythm of retro, which I have, I believe was a uh, just a, a standard release. I don't think it was Patreon exclusive. Yeah, I don't recall. Yeah, I think it was real. Yeah, because I I remember I was listening to it when I went to the grocery store one day. Yeah, so it was it was definitely not a Patreon exclusive. So anyway, so we played one of those songs. We're not going to play that one again, as good as it is. Uh, but we're going to start uh, today with, and uh, this one it's another one of those weird words. I think it's Manum, which was uh, composed by Jamie Sieber from Hidden Sky. So we'll take a listen to that. Thank you. 
So again, that is Manum. And this is the song that opens up the game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's uh, as you're crossing the bridge. This is the song that's playing, and it's very like ominous because you don't really know what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. and it's also the music that plays as you're as you're reading the stories before you enter the level. It really sets the yep. mood. Yeah, um, we mentioned before about like an ambient kind of music, but this is like just nice, just chill out and listen to. Yeah, <laughs> this whole soundtrack. Uh, so the next song that we're going to take a listen to is Downstream, and this one is by Shira Kamen from Music of Waters.
So you may notice that these songs are fairly long and it's and it's hard for me to stop them. So as you're listening, uh, if it seems like this music is going much longer than we normally do, <laughs> it's because these songs are so good and they are so long. This one in particular is actually three different pieces. Uh, Downstream itself, which is composed by Common, uh, or Cayman, I'm just going to say Common. The second is O Sun Duar, which is composed by Luar Nalubra. And the third is Eric Montbell's Borriera Diargan, which I know I messed up. So <laughs> three different songs or three different pieces of music all put together to make that track, which is why it was almost uh, almost seven minutes long in total. Uh, so the next song that we are going to take a listen to is um, one of the glitches picks. This is Romanesca, which is by Cheryl Ann Fulton from The Once and Future Harp. These songs are just absolutely beautiful, man. <laughs> I, I, I love the guitar. I listen to these all day. I just absolutely love that guitar playing in this. It's so classical and I, fantastic. And, uh, I don't mean to uh, to just come down on you, but I'm pretty sure that's a harp. Is that a harp? Oh, it is a harp. You're right. Yep. <laughs> no, no, you're right. I mean, the, al- the album was the Once and Future harp. So Makes sense. Yep. It does. It does have a little bit of that classical guitar kind of sound to it, but I think I think you can clearly hear that that is a as a harp. But anyway, that's my audio degree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a music major, so we don't have right. chops here. I'm not either. But anyway, the last song we're gonna take a listen to is uh, 
Long Past Gone, which is by Jamie Sieber from Second Light.
So I just like how this one, um, it just sounds a little bit eerie and it kind of really, it's uh, oh, some of the, most of the other ones are kind of a happy sound. This one just has like, it sounds like it has a little bit of that. Just like there's something ominous coming. Hmm. This really like the 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 overall timber of that, yeah, or timbre, however you want to pronounce it. And the, and the way they introduce the other instruments, like halfway through, is really nice. I feel like I wonder if Chops has ever played this game because I feel like this is a soundtrack he would actually really enjoy. Yeah, another interesting note about the soundtrack is that Jonathan Blow wanted um, specific music. He didn't he didn't want something that was composed specifically for the game. He felt people who composed music for video games never really kind of got we're, we're going to be able to uh get the right feel for for this so he he found some tracks that he felt were long enough that you wouldn't notice the loop and uh the music actually inspired the backgrounds for the for the game itself oh really so yeah it's it's kind of a cool like working backwards kind of thing like i like the song i'm gonna put it in a game and this is how it makes me feel and i think that's that's kind of the cool just the overall artistic presentation of the game so the music plays a huge huge part of that I like the working backwards idea. It fits. Yep. It kind of, yeah, it, it fits. <laughs> I wonder if that inspired the story. You start with the music, then you do the artwork, and then you do the programming, and then you do the story. That's the way right? you're supposed to do it, yeah. You get the jobs, <laughs> you get the khakis, then you get the girls. <laughs> Uh, so do you have anything else you want to mention about uh, about Braid overall? Uh, one of the best video game twists, hands down. Uh, maybe not the best, but definitely one of the best. It's a fun puzzle game. If you like puzzle games, it's right up your alley. Uh, I love that they introduce a new element in each world, so it's not just the same stuff. Like there's games, and I know uh, one of the kind of like inspirations or the kind of ways he worked the rewind into it was prince of persia sands of time but at a certain Mm -hmm. point prince of persia sands of time it's you're reversing and there's no consequence in this game right sometimes when you reverse you realize oh wait because it reversed so many times now i can't complete this puzzle i have to leave the room and come back in yeah it really keeps you on your toes keeps you guessing and every time you think you figured something out you didn't it's just it's it's really it's a really neat kind of just full of twists so if you think of braiding your hair you're you're doing you're just twisting hair right it's twists or or ribbon or whatever you happen to be braiding that's all the twists and how they all come together to make something beautiful xander we don't have that's time po- we don't have time that's for poetry. all these puns that's poetry yeah it's not a pun anyway nobody's got time for this <laughs> ain't nobody got time for this but in the true spirit of braid And going back in time, let's take a look at our Retro Relapse, shall we? Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. So Xander, I know you like Punch-Out. Mm-hmm. So I picked a game specifically for you today. Yep, you sure did. I picked Power Punch 2. Mm-hmm. the sequel to punch out yep you sure did and we've talked about power punch 2 before on our uh mike tyson's punch out episode oh yeah and in? uh oh yeah we thought it wasn't a retro relapse by any stretch of the imagination because uh we didn't want to put ourselves through that <laughs> but uh we should have known we should have known that uh, that you were willing to 
to go that extra mile. Yeah, I, I lowered the bar. You know this. Yeah. Um, Power Punch 2. What can we say about it? Well, it, um, it's supposed to be Mike Tyson, but it's not because... Yep, it's Mark Tyler. <laughs> Mark Tyler. <laughs> but it's very clearly Mike Tyson. Uh, uh, so this was, yeah, undefeated record, so many knockouts. Yep. Uh-huh. So Power Punch 2 was released for the NES on June 12th, 1992. It was developed by Beam Software, and uh, they wanted to kind of take the popularity of Mike Tyson's punch out and uh, make another game. And they failed miserably big time. Uh, so, yeah, like we said, you're Mark tough guy, Tyler, and he's an undefeated heavyweight champion of the world with an Olympic gold medal and a 33 zero knockout record to his claim. After knocking out another opponent with ease, Tyler and his manager taunt the world by saying no one can stop him. However, the broadcast is picked up from Earth in the outer reaches of the universe by an alien boxing promoter for the Intergalactic Boxing Federation. The promoter decides to attempt Tyler's challenge that he can beat anybody, and thus Tyler is brought into the throes of the universe to compete against the best fighters in the universe and defend his earthly title. The ironic thing is he has all those knockouts, and I couldn't knock out a single person. Right? I felt so bad for Mark Tyler when he got knocked out immediately. <laughs> <laughs> against cyborg nine seven three four or whatever he was uh the hitboxes didn't make any dang sense like you're dodging punches but like you're just stepping slowly to the left or to the right uh you can punch up middle or down the training beforehand did nothing to explain what i was doing <laughs> or train i wasn't sure if i was hitting the right buttons uh and that cyborg knocked me out real quick um there were times where it felt like it was kind of fun like when i was getting these combos like oh this is cool and then the guy would just like take a step back and then come back and hit me with a combo that i couldn't seem to dodge and uh i hated it i hated it tons so the first guy literally all i did was just punch him in the face like over and over and over and that was it and so i was able to knock him down like three times oh but i didn't knock him down at all oh really <laughs> yes so did you only face the first boxer uh-huh Oh, okay. That's all I could stomach. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I won the match by decision because he kept getting up on eight. And I didn't know, like, am I supposed to do something while he's, like, on the ground? Or he kind of, like, just, he stalls like a robot. Like, he just stands mm -hmm. there. And I'm like, all right, am I supposed to be hitting them? But I couldn't do anything. Uh, and so after it was split decision, I won. I went to the next guy who was actually the hardest of all the, I ended up fighting four boxers. Uh, out of all of them, he was the hardest somehow. Because, like, the, the next two after that, they wouldn't throw a punch unless I threw a punch. In fact, huh. the, the third person I fought, he didn't even throw a punch. I beat him in, after split decision, and it said zero punches thrown. Like, it was just nothing. Wow. The game's, yeah, so the, the game's wrong. Yeah, but the training. Yeah, so explain to them what you got to do in the training. I wish I could, because I have <laughs> no idea. It was just a dude. So you have Mark Tyler and another dude who looks like Mark Tyler with those training pads on his hands. And I guess you punch down and then you punch mid. I don't know. I pressed buttons for a while. I was like, I don't know if I'm doing this right. I don't know if my controller's calibrated correctly. So, uh, and then all of a sudden I, I heard like a meh and then he moved his hand up and I was like, oh, I was supposed to be punching down. And then I just kept punching mid and I was alternating the buttons and nothing happened. And I was like, okay, well, this was a blast and I had to sit here for an entire minute while the clock ticked down audibly. <laughs> so did you notice the gloves would glow? Yeah. 
So that's when you're supposed to hit him. Oh, I just rapid fire punched. Yeah. So I didn't do anything. But at a certain point, they move so fast, you can't react fast enough. Like the first oh. like 10 seconds, you're like, yeah, I can get this nice like in a row. I got, you know, so many. And then uh, it just starts speeding up and speeding up and speeding up. And like the, the last like 20 seconds, I don't even think I hit any. So what you're telling me is it got worse. Yeah. Mm. I'm okay with not <laughs> playing this game ever again. Well, do you want me to find power punch and you can play that? No, I don't. But you'll do it. Is it because you're the worst? Is it because it doesn't exist? Well, yeah. Because <laughs> it's just power punch too. Like as if there was a first one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. Don't you eventually fight Dracula or something? I didn't get that far. If you if, if you want to know more, if you want to know more about Power Punch Two, go back to our Punch Out episode. I believe it's Craig and I talking about it, and he actually did a little bit of research and and watched some videos and stuff on it. And uh, yeah, it was. It was not not good. I can see why there was no Power Punch 3, but there continues to be Punch-Out games, or at least in, there was in 2009. Power Punch 3 with Servander Molyfield. <laughs> so it was originally titled Mike Tyson's Intergalactic Power Punch. You and, know, uh, the thing about a this... Po- a prototype was released. It was leaked in 2009. But they changed the title because of most likely Tyson's legal troubles in the early 90s. Oh, yeah. Uh, I do remember playing a game similar to this at Pinball Pete's uh, in a, on an arcade. And I could have sworn it's Power Punch 2, but I could not find uh, when I Googled arcade version of Power Punch 2, nothing came up. But I do mm-hmm. remember there's like a boxing now, game. Pin- Pinball Pete's does have a... Uh, a original punch out machine are you sure you weren't just playing no what's an original punch out because i've played that one before with the two screens oh uh, are you talking about the one where you like actually put your hands in the in the cups and it's like you're in little boxing gloves you know it might have i'm not sure i know what you're talking about i can't remember what it's called but it's not that it was like a dual arcade machine there is like an intergalactic boxing game that they had that's all i remember maybe well maybe we'll just plan another trip to pinball pete's i mean we should wear masks <laughs> we'll all wear masks and play <laughs> these games Man, we should. We need to go back to Pinball Beats. All right. So, Shout out to, to season one slash two, arguably, when we did have a uh, community meetup at Pinball Beats in Ann Arbor, Michigan. That was fun. was. What are you giving this on the 8-bit scale? I'll let you go first. Man, okay. Uh, it's not playable. I was going to say it's playable, but it's not. Uh, one and a half. I'll give it a one and a half. It, I mean, it's a boxing game and you can do some boxing stuff, which is fun, but mm-hmm. that's the extent of it. One and a half. Yeah, I think I am not going to give it anything better than you did. I think one and a half is apt. Uh, I think the um, I think the boxing could be fun. Like if you can figure it out, like just like any game, if you can figure out the mechanics, I'm sure there's something to it. Uh, I think the animation was halfway decent, but that's about it. This was uh, this was I didn't have any fun playing it, and uh, I'll be glad when we don't have to talk about it again. <laughs> well, on that note, why don't we uh, jump into our Mega Man Robot Master bracket? That sounds good to me. Uh, this week's matchup, we have a Mega Man Two song going up against Mega Man Nine. Uh, so up first, we have Flash Man for Mega Man Two. This was composed by Takashi Tateishi, and this is uh, Flash Man's theme. This is normally the second Robot Master I go to when I play. How about you? First, you start with with Flashman. Yeah, cool. Well, let's listen to Flashman's theme. (laughs) 
a good song. I'm not gonna lie to you. I uh, do enjoy it. That is a great one. And actually, more recently now, uh, I used to obviously think of Mega Man when I heard that. But I think of there's a there was a guy on YouTube called retro sound effects i believe it was and he would uh-huh. take uh nes games and use sound effects and the music to action movies and he took this song and put it to terminator 2 t2 mm. and it is fantastic so if you guys get a chance i'm pretty sure it's called retro sound effects retro fx right. or something like that I'll have to take a look yeah well again that's going up against a song from Mega Man 9 uh concrete jungle which was composed by ipo yamada good songs this is uh probably the song from Mega Man 9 that gets stuck in my head the most um and i think of uh, i don't remember which guitar hero it was it was probably five uh or um warriors of rock where they started introducing where you could make your own songs and i remember downloading somebody made a, a guitar hero version of the song oh and which was cool for all like the the as my wife refers to them as deedly d's it, like, <laughs> it was just like sporadic and all over the place but it didn't feel 100% right so I didn't play it very much That's I was very picky very very picky with my uh, custom made charts in those games yeah. if it didn't feel natural to me I didn't like it No, it I was agree. hard for the sake of being hard I was like ah, this is dumb and I hate it I agree with you though this is this is probably honestly the toughest matchup so far for me I really don't know because usually there, there's a little bit I you know I can edge my vote and I can figure out yeah I think I like this one just a little bit more but this mm-hmm. is a legit like I really don't know. This might take me a while to decide. Yeah, and Mega Man Ten or Mega Man Nine rather came out long enough ago that like I have nostalgia for both. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see uh, where everybody goes with it. All right, but, but uh, uh, yeah, if they got a vote, Xander, how do they do that? If they got a vote, you got four chances to do so. You can jump on our Facebook uh, page and vote there. We have a emoji poll that goes up because Facebook decided to take away regular 
polls. Um, so you just react with a with a heart or a laughing face and which one you like the best. You can jump over to Twitter at Legend of Retro GZ and vote there. Uh, you can also jump into our Discord where we talk about all sorts of stuff and all the different shows across the GameZilla network. And every Thursday when the episodes air, we put out a, a, another emoji poll different from the one on Facebook. And you can get a vote there. And if you are uh, nice enough to give us a dollar every single month on Patreon, you get access to another vote. So you can vote up to four times for your favorite songs. But that one dollar that you give us on Patreon doesn't just get you the extra vote. It also gets you the the state of the Zilla podcast where random folks from the GameZilla media community will just talk about whatever's on their mind for that month. I don't know what this month's is. I don't think it's been recorded yet, but I'm sure it's a good one. <laughs> but if you are feeling even more generous and you're like one dollar, I feel like that's underpaying for all the cool stuff you guys do. You can also give us five dollars. And what does that get you? The glitch that gets you bonus content from each of the five shows actually four on the games of media network uh with legend of retro we release game shark every month for you guys our patrons uh we do all sorts of different lists we do rhythm of retros we also do our drafts so if you want to know who picked these two songs you got to listen to that draft uh we get lpj to join us he's the commissioner for the draft which is helpful and terrible at the same time but Mm -hmm. uh it's always it's always a fun 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 time absolutely uh, but we seriously we appreciate every dollar you give us even if it's at that one dollar level it's generous and we are very appreciative absolutely well do you have anything else you want to say about braid or god forbid power punch 2 before we sign off this week glitch no i think it's uh, i think it's about time for us to wrap up braid right uh, like about like a bout of fisticuffs the bout the championship bout of time the championship out of time Well, we are championship out of time for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time when when the the legend legend continues. continues.
and in news. <laughs>